impurity. And it really has a lot, I think the impurity one really talks a lot about how we speak. Like filthy, coarse, joking, filthy speech, whatever. And then the last one is greed. Again, these are things that we struggle with in our, our world. Our sexual impulses, what we do with them. How we speak. That's a big challenge for all of us. And then our desire for money. These things, they're all pretty corrupting, or they can be pretty corrupting in our lives. So have nothing to do with those fruitless, the fruitless deeds of darkness, but it rather expose them. You say, expose them? What does that mean? So I go around and say, hey, you, sexual immorality. Hey, you, filthy speech. Hey, you, uh, greed. The exposing, the, ma- the majority of exposing them in your life is in you. Christ comes and shines his light in our hearts so that we can repent, so that we can change, so we can say, God, you were right and we were wrong. This is not the way I'm called to live. This is not all that you've got for me. You've got so much more. You don't want me to live down in the, in the sewer. You want me to rise up to be the light of the world. So I have nothing to do with it. Now, it's challenging. You some, some say, well, I, it's hard to, you know, there's things in, when it comes to sexuality, there's things that comes to um, my speech, and there's things that come to my relationship with money that are hard to change, right? So you might have to go on a journey with some people to help you change in those areas. And uh, even in the church, we've got lots of different things. There we have a seven pillars group for men to help them to live uh, a sexually a life with the sexual integrity. We are offering, um, I don't think we've announced this yet, but maybe we'll announce it right now, Financial Peace University. We're offering that in the spring because we want to help people with their finances, to order them a right. You know, not just to you know, make things work, but also to honor God with their finances. And then uh, with speech, I think you get a lot of help with that in the church as we, we talk about that quite a bit. So I have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. And find out what pleases the Lord. Uh, my eight-year-old Jacob, uh, when we go to bed, or bedtime for him every night, we're reading through Matthew, and we've gotten to the Sermon on the Mount. So we've gotten to the parts where Jesus is identifying all these different things that he requires of his disciples. Find out what God he requires. It's not just be nice. Although that might be a part of it. But there's a lot more that he requires. And so find out what he, what he, what he wants in our lives. Find out what pleases the Lord. So that's the first thing. Just to, If you want to shine more, is put aside some things. And then, don't just, it's not just that you don't be evil like Google. You start... Uh, walking in the righteousness that Christ has called you to. Here's the next one, number two. In order to reflect the light of Jesus, in order to shine like never before, you've got to make the most of every opportunity. You've got to make the most of every opportunity. Let me read you verses 15 to 17. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You say, the days are evil? What do you mean the days are evil? Were they evil back in the day of Ephesus? I think the idea here is that time is marching on. And we've got to use the time that we've been given. And I mean, evil is at work in this time. And so the light of the world, which is the body of Christ, should also be at work in this time as well. We don't want to just squander our time. We want to use our time wisely, uh, the, the life that we've been given, to be a light that many will see. 
So therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Again, it's coming back to what does Jesus require? What are his commands? What is the things he taught his followers to do? In fact, that's a big part of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says this. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's really important for us to know what Jesus expects, what Jesus requires. So making the most of every opportunity. Now, here's the thing. I'm glad it doesn't say, go make a whole bunch of extra opportunities, because most of us are just totally strapped in time. Is anyone here not really busy? Well, great. I'm glad for you. That's probably a healthier way to live. But a lot of us, we feel quite pressured in the area of time. So it says, make the most of every opportunity. So there's things in our lives we can repurpose. We can upgrade the opportunity in something. Here's, here's a simple one. Uh, so bedtime with my five-year-old daughter. Uh, I think my wife started this. You have to sing her three songs. And my wife's got a much nicer voice than I do, so that would be three great songs if it was her and fairly mediocre songs if it was me. Anyhow, so you go in there and, and you know, she wants, she loves, you know, uh, some of the goofy songs. She, Daddy, sing me a song I've never heard, so I'm pulling stuff out of the, uh, the other day I sang On Top of Old Smoky, Covered with Snow. Anyhow, and I got the, I butchered it. I couldn't remember exactly how it went, but I think you lose your sweetheart in it. Anyhow, so I'm, I, and she likes some of the songs that she knows that are sort of, Fun Christian songs, you know, we sing, um, you know, uh, My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, that's a good one, and, and I got peace like a river and stuff like that. And just recently, um, I was really struck that, um, because Jade's in a classroom, and I'm here, she doesn't see me worship much. I mean, she does occasionally, but she doesn't see me worship. And I remember how powerful it was to see my dad worship. And when I'd see my dad just teared up, hands raised, just totally his emotions coming out when he worshiped. So just a little while ago, I just felt like there's an opportunity to upgrade and make the most of, a, of this bedtime ritual. So we three, sing three songs. Well, I've just, so I just, one night I just came in and I just started to, I said, Jade, I'm going to sing some, some new songs. I sang, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Lord, you are more precious than silver, that one. And then uh, just different worship songs. And I just closed my eyes, and I just worshiped sitting on her bed. And, uh, and she liked the song about the diamonds. More precious than silver has diamonds in it because she likes jewels. And, uh, and she thought it was interesting. And we set a new pattern. I come and I, I, I worship every night in my daughter's room. I don't know if she knows totally everything about it, but I just want her to... And so I, I closed my eyes, and I, I literally just worship God in front of my daughter. So it's making the most of every opportunity. You, you have interactions with people. You have things that you already do. Your dance card's already full. How can you upgrade those opportunities? How can you shine the light of Jesus? How can you, uh, you, you show that he is great and that you need him and that you've experienced him and that he's done things in your life and that you're so grateful you know, Laura, uh, um, Laura Stackrock is our children's pastor, and she sent out an incredible, uh, this is just tying right in with this incredible uh, email recently, and this is a quote she had in it by a man named Gordon West. He said, the absence of men in most children's ministries communicates a message we don't want to pass on. It's a hidden curriculum that subtly teaches children that Christianity is women's business. 
Little girls are subconsciously programmed to believe that few men are truly capable of being spiritual leaders. And little boys leave Sunday school suddenly convinced that real men rarely, rarely get involved in church and are almost never excited about God. Ouch. I was just thinking about that. We have a legacy. We're celebrating 100 years. 2023 is our 100 years. And I just thought about the legacy of, of men who've played significant leadership roles in our children's ministry. I think of Ken Huckabee and Don Nordine. And, and under their leadership, they invited in some guys from far away. They invited in guest speakers like Doug Sickleco and Willard Mitchell, who now are a part of our church. Now, this is a, there's a real legacy of guys leading when it comes in serving the Lord. Now, this is not to negate the incredible historical contribution of the women in our church. But I think sometimes we can see it the wrong way, and, and it gets that there's not very many men. And Laura Stackrick, I think she, she raised a very good question. There's not as many men serving in the elementary age as there should be, and she's even had some Sundays where there's no men in there. So I encourage you guys. Um, we're we're going to get this building ready for a next legacy. We're going to get it. But you know what? There's, there's something else that has to go with that, a prioritizing of the ministry that God wants us to do. And I really think that it'll be huge to see, uh, for young kids, for, for them to see men and women as partners together in that legacy. I'll just offer that to you. She's, lo- she's looking for, what, eight new volunteers in, in the weeks to come. Something to think about, especially for you men. Number three, in order to shine, don't be drunk on wine. I wish they all rhymed like this. In order to shine, don't be drunk on wine. This is what Paul says. Don't, be dr- don't get drunk on wine, in verse 18, which leads to debauchery. Evidently, in Ephesians, in the day of this was written, everybody was working for the weekend. And they couldn't wait to go binge drinking. Sounds like Saskatchewan. Instead, what's the alternative? Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the 20, verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there's two commands in here. Don't get drunk on wine. I remember I had a kid from my youth group. He grew up to be a young adult, and we went for coffee. And he, he said, Steve, have you ever been drunk? And I said, I've done a lot of stuff in my life. I actually had a pretty uh, adventurous teenage years where many things I really hope my kids don't do. But I'd never got drunk. Ever been high? No, I've never been high. Don't you feel like you missed out? I said, well, I still could get drunk or high, but no. I don't. Like, I mean, there's other adventures to have in this life. And one of the adventures I've encountered is living for God. It's actually one of the most challenging things you could ever do. And it's super rewarding. And so, I don't know, I just skipped that thing. I've got brothers who didn't skip that, but whatever. (laughs) Paul is just sort of saying, there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing. It doesn't have to be about wine. It could be about all sorts of different things and ways we get into trouble in our lives. But don't, don't pursue this. Be filled with the Spirit. And then he talks about these things that sort of come with being filled with the Spirit. This speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Actually, three of these things in here are all about singing, it seems. Sing and, ma- sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. So worship together with other people. Worship on your own. 
Worship God on your own. Some of you say, well, that'd be about the best for me because nobody wants to hear me sing, right? Sing in the shower. Sing in your truck. I went to a, I, I, in Regina, I was uh, visiting our sister church in Regina, and I, I got there and I was feeling pretty dry, and I went up to, at the end of the service and asked people to pray for me. And, of course, they didn't know who I was. They didn't know I was the pastor of this church, so it was great. I was sort of anonymous, and I could just be real honest about where I was at. And I ended up with this couple, um, this black man and his wife. And so they're both black. I, I don't, I'm telling you this because it actually has a factor in the story. I'm not just pointing that out. Okay, so I get up there, and they got their kids with them while they're praying at the altar. And I was just like, this is amazing. They're managing their kids and praying for me. This is really cool. And then the dad at some point just said, took the kids and walked away. And so it was just me and the, the wife. And uh, she said, and I told her, about, I'm feeling dry, just, yeah, you know, just not, you know, whatever's going on in my life, I'm not feeling spiritually, you know, where I should be and stuff like that. And, and she just, she said to me, um, you know what you need to do? Now I'm used to people being like, well, you know, let's talk about it. But this is very, she was very directive. You need to read the Bible like a child, she said. I, I said, okay, I, I guess that's, yeah, I could do that. I could just read the Bible like a child. Okay, good. Do you sing in your car, she asked me. I said, like, do you worship God in your car? Not really. You need to worship God in your car. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole advice I got from her. I walked away and I was like, wow, that was quite an experience. And also I was like, those are great remedies for what I'm feeling. I should read the Bible like a child. I should sing in my car. I should worship him when I'm alone. I went away and went, that was super helpful. Maybe people could be more direct. Now, I don't know if our altar ministry teams are that direct. I don't think you'll get that here as much. Maybe they are. But don't be drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, here's the thing about filling with the Spirit. It's awkward to preach on it, and I'm coming to the end right now. You can't control the Spirit. You can't manipulate the Spirit. You can't demand anything from the Spirit. It's very funny to have an, a command, be filled with the Spirit, and then you go, but, but how can I do that when I can't control the Spirit? And I think the answer is in, God has called us to live in an intimate relationship with Him. He's called us to live in an openness to Him. I think there needs to be times in our lives where we just say, Holy Spirit, do what you want. Expose anything within me. If there's something dark in me that needs to be exposed, I'll, I'll, I'll recognize it. I'll, I'll ask your forgiveness, and I'll, I'll, I'll start some steps to change that. But, Lord, I want to be under your influence, not the influence of something else. I want to be led by you. I want to be guided by you. I want you to do a work in my life so that I can tell a story someday or it's evidence to somebody else that God has done a work in my life. I want to be able to tell a story and say, this is me in my fallen condition. It's not great. And then this is Jesus and how he came and how he did the work. See, we want to be a church that proclaims Jesus is Lord and not ourselves. And that's how we're going to shine. Would you stand with me? So I want to pray for you very specifically this morning, just very specifically. I want you just to do, again, 
something that maybe helps it become more real for you. I want you to just open your hands like someone's about to give you a Christmas present. Okay, just open your hands like you're going to receive it. Because the filling of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit in our life is not something earned. It's a gift. It's a gift. And God is a good giver, the best giver. Let's pray. Lord, we desire to be light in this world. We desire to be light in the Lord. We desire to be children of light. We desire to be, through you, the light of the world. So, Lord, we just ask. We ask for your spirit to come. We ask for you to fill us. Lord, we ask you that our thoughts would be on pleasing you and not on pleasing ourselves. That's a miracle we ask for. So, Lord, we... We want to walk in this thankful, worshipful, serving others, declaring you, light of the world type of life. But we need you to do that. We have the light of Jesus as a treasure inside of jars of clay. We're just jars of clay, but you're the treasure. You're the light of the world that we want to show. God, we thank you that you've brought light into our lives, but we want that to be a beacon in Moose Jaw and the surrounding area. And wherever we go, we want it to be a beacon. So Lord, would you do the work? Would you address things that uh, in our lives need to be exposed? Lord, we know that when you do that, it's, it's time. It's your grace will be sufficient for us to walk through that journey. You're going to provide what we need, even maybe divine appointments with other believers who can, we can walk with through these journeys and we can recruit in our, in our journey. But Lord, we, we need you. Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you fill us with your spirit? Amen. I don't want to break us out of what we're doing. Let's just, we're just going to worship the Lord through this song. Maybe you're going to sing the song. Maybe you're just going to have a conversation with God through the song. I invite you to do that. Is there something he's pinpointing in your life, just something that he's made you aware of? Talk to him about it. Maybe you're wrestling with it. Wrestle with him. But just let him to have the way. Let him have your attention. Let him have all of you in this moment. And so if he's wanting to shift something with you right now, or he's wanting to meet you in a special way right now, don't, don't miss the moment.